Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we're starting our story in Luxembourg, but it's the type of story that just begs us to talk a bit about a larger topic as well. So not only will we be talking about the Bedenberg wolf, but we're also going to talk about werewolves! I almost wrote an woo in for you. Guys, Not necessary, but in sync we are. I almost wrote that into the script and then I went, no, I'm not going to do that. And then she did it anyway. Abby has got you covered, you, you mate. read my mind. <laughs> Werewolf time, folks. Ugh, it's been a while, so I'm excited. So Bietenberg is a small town near the south of Luxembourg. And Luxembourg is surrounded by France, Belgium, and Germany. If you were a little, uh, uh, lost on your geography of Europe for a second. (laughs) But this particular town is pretty close to the French border. Just outside the town is the Parc Merville, which is a children's amusement park that apparently may also have some spookiness and hauntings itself, but we're not here to talk about that. Next time. Maybe. Yeah. So the myth of the wolf in Bietemborg begins with a story that doesn't have any specific years. It's referred to only as Very long ago. (laughs) So long ago that there was a young man who took care of his poor and sickly parents, and they were completely dependent on him. But this young man was young and selfish, and known to be rather rash. He decided to voluntarily sign up for war, and that meant leaving his parents. Villagers lovingly stepped up and took care of his sickly parents, but they grew weaker because no one knew what happened to their son. He sent no word home about whether he was alive, injured, or worse. Eventually, his parents died, and thoughts of this selfish young man faded along with the memory of the parents that he left in their time of need. That is, until one day, an old and crippled soldier came marching down the road. People who saw the man claimed it was evident by simply looking at the man that he had seen horrifying things and had been terrified over and over. As he walked through the town, he cursed under his breath, and he finally sat down on the border of town near a small hill. He saw a crucifix made of stone, and suddenly his entire demeanor changed. People who watched on said it appeared like he was suddenly possessed by the devil, and he ran toward the cross. He began to toss stones at it and curse it. He destroyed the cross completely before disappearing entirely, as if he was never there. From that day forward, a bloodthirsty wolf tormented Biedenberg. It would slaughter violently anything that crossed its path, and it seems that no sword or gun could injure the wolf. A monk told the villagers that they needed to cast a silver bullet with the names Jesus, Mary, and Joseph carved into the bullet. With this bullet, they could shoot the wolf. I I just got to imagine that this was a traveling monk from Ireland because I just hear him go, oh, Jesus, Mary, Mary and Joseph. Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. It makes me think of Robin Williams' stand-up when he would talk about Mary getting pregnant with Jesus. And she would say, Joe, I'm pregnant. And he'd go, oh, Jesus Christ. And she went, Joe, that's a great name. (laughs) Joe, that's a great name. (laughs) Oh, 
that's perfect. But. Oh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So, after the best hunter in town did as the monk instructed, he sought out the wolf, and he was, in fact, able to shoot it. This time, the wolf fell dead. But when the villagers approached the body, they realized the animal was no animal at all. It was the young soldier who had left his parents years before. The villagers decided to cremate the corpse so that there was no trace of what had happened. <laughs> they were like, we just murdered somebody. Let's just let's just burn him up and I'll pretend this never happened. Yeah, y'all good with all... Everybody like, good here everybody, with that? Yeah, okay, okay, good. cool. <laughs> so the myth carries on that since that day, a wolf can be heard yowling at the hill with the crucifix and that the soldier never found his final resting place. The werewolf of Biedenberg still wanders around the town to this day. So with this story, we thought it would be the perfect time and place to talk about the whole idea of werewolves. What's the origin and how was the myth, how has the myth evolved? So some people believe that the original werewolf tale actually comes from the Epic of Gilgamesh, because in it, Gilgamesh jilts a potential lover that he finds out, you know, she jilts a potential lover because he finds out she had turned her previous mate into a wolf. Obviously, he wants to avoid that fate. It's a weird flex, but okay. Weird flex. <laughs> there are also many who talk about the origin coming from Greek mythology and the legend of Lycaon. They, this may sound familiar to many of you since werewolves are often called lycanthropes today. So in the legend, Lycaon angered Zeus. I mean, who hasn't? It's pretty right? easy. Like, long list of people. To who make him mad or Zeus. get him into bed. Both very, very simple. <laughs> you either, if you, if you were in Greece, you either slept with Zeus, made or, him angry, or did both. Or, yeah. Or, no in between. Or were one of his children, so. And, you know, sometimes there was overlap there, too. <laughs> Could have been overlap with anger, Abby. God! <laughs> That's not where my mind went, and you know it. <laughs> so, Lycaon uh, served Zeus a meal that was made from the remains of a human boy. Honestly, I'd be mad, too. I'm so pissed. Like, I, I would be angry as well. So I get it. This time I get it. Sometimes I don't get Zeus's anger. This time I do. Founded. As punishment, Zeus turned Lycaon and his sons into wolves. We also see stories of werewolves appear in Nordic myth as well. The saga of the Volsungs has a story in which a father and son found wolf pelts that could turn people into wolves for 10 days. They went on a killing rampage in these pelts and only stopped when the father almost killed his own son. In many werewolf stories, a person only turns into a wolf when there is a full moon. And that theory may not be that far-fetched. According to a study that was conducted at Australia's Cavalry Mater Newcastle Hospital, a full moon brings out the beast in many humans. The study found that of the 91 violent acute behavior incidents at the hospital that happened between August of 2008 and July of 2009, 23% happened during a full moon. Patients attacked staff and displayed wolf-like behaviors such as biting, spitting, and scratching. Although many were under the influence of drugs or alcohol at this time, it's unclear why they became intensely violent when the moon was full. And any elementary school teacher will tell you that kids are bonkers so on the full moon. There's definitely, we're, there's something very in tune with I, our bodies I feel and like the that also, that's also just like in the world. I feel like I've, we've had like weird experiences and we'll be like, 
why is everything so weird today? And it'll be like, oh, it's a it's full, a full moon. moon. Like, does, yeah. everybody has that experience, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I feel like everybody's heard that at one point in their life. Like, oh, well, it's a full moon. And generally, everybody accepts it. Like, yes. like there's not people are, I haven't met people who are like, oh, it's not a thing. But they're like, yeah, it's like, probably no, a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the full moon. So it is quite clear in a bit of writing and in history that by the medieval era in Europe, people generally believed in werewolves. But by the 16th and 17th centuries, lycanthropy became part of the infamous European witch hunts as well. But the actual appearance and behavior of werewolves differs greatly between myths. Some believe that transformation is permanent, while others say it's temporary. Some believe that those who are werewolves have telltale signs in their human form, such as unibrows and more hair, bridge noses, and curved fingernails. Early accounts of werewolves said that in order to become a werewolf, people would put on a belt of wolf skin. Others reported specific salves or potions to drink that would actually induce the transformation. From there, it evolved to needing to sleep under certain full moons on certain days of the week. And of course, there was a standard favorite, which was they made deals with the devil. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that always comes up eventually. Everything comes back to deals with the devil. Yeah. But many people accused of being werewolves through history actually turned out to be serial killers. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, the the term serial killer is pretty new. To, yeah. Like, it, it is a pretty You watched Mindhunter. It wasn't, like, even a term until, like, the 70s. Yes. So, so without a understanding of a serial killer... I guess it kind of makes sense that they would attribute a lot of deaths in the same type of place or in the same type of pattern to some mm -hmm. sort of mystical, mythological thing. So in 1521, Frenchmen Pierre Bergat and Michel Verdin allegedly swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. After confessing to brutally murdering several children, they were both burned at the stake, and burning was thought to be one of the few ways that they could kill a werewolf during this time. Giles Garnier, known as the Werewolf of Dole, was another 16th, 16th century Frenchman whose claim to fame was also an ointment with wolf-morphing abilities. According to legend, as a wolf, he viciously killed children and ate them. He too was burned to death at the stake for his monstrous crimes. So, yeah, child serial killers often attributed werewolf. to werewolves. Who knew? Uh, but what might actually be at the root of werewolves if it isn't, in fact, some kind of supernatural cause? Well, let's talk about some of the potential scientific reasonings. First, we should probably start talking about lycanthropy. Clinical lycanthropy is a really rare psychiatric disorder in which the person suffering has a delusion that they can turn into or transform into an animal. One important factor may be differences or changes in the parts of the brain known to be involved in representing body shape. A neuroimaging study of two people diagnosed with, with clinical lycanthropy showed that these areas displayed unusual activity. Unusual activation, suggesting that when people report their bodies are changing shape, they may genuinely per be perceiving those feelings. But this is something we would associate with a person telling us that they're a wolf. It doesn't explain people who have supposedly seen werewolves or those outside forces saying it's true. One other scientific explanation could be the diagnosis of hypertrichosis, which is an abnormal growth of hair all over one's body. And people who suffered this, especially in the past, were often isolated or cast out from society. The myths that occur from unknown and not understood issues such as this are always present in these kinds of legends. 
Another explanation is one that's often also connected to the Salem witch trials. Ergot poisoning. So ergotism is sometimes also called St. Anthony's fire or wolf's tooth. And essentially, this is a poison that that grows on rye bread. In early France, rye bread was so cheap and lasted for so long that it was extremely common. During the cold winter months, rye bread would grow stale and could grow the poison. Ergot poisoning had traits such as writhing and shaking, tremors, no control over your motor functions, rolling eyes, inability to speak, insatiable appetites, hallucinations, panic attacks, swelling, and extreme feelings of both hot and cold. If someone ate rye bread with the poison and began to exhibit these symptoms, they themselves, or people who witnessed it, could be led to believe that they were turning into a werewolf. There is no one explanation to werewolves, as each story of a werewolf has enough differences to not perfectly fit together with one solution alone. So the myth and legend of werewolves persist. And honestly, how do you feel about being out alone during a full moon? Not so great. Not probably. so great. I don't know. I I guess I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it. If if I think werewolves are real or not, I don't know. It's we've, we've not ta- really talked no, about it we before. Haven't. I mean, we we talk about cryptids a lot. And, yeah. And but for some reason, to me, I. I feel like werewolves sits in its own category it away from cryptids. Yeah. Like when I think of cryptids, I'm not thinking vampires, werewolves. You know, like I feel like those <laughs> I guess in a way like the universal monsters, the monster flick mm. monsters. Yeah. Like werewolf is one of those really classic ones and its legends have persisted throughout time that and and literally like in medieval Europe it was it was a given fact that people believed in it. It would be weird if somebody didn't believe in a werewolf. Right. Whereas, like, now we're like, do I believe in a werewolf? But, but isn't that interesting? You touched on something that I hadn't really conceived of before. But, like, those, the big, like, Hollywood monsters. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster, vampires, werewolves, mummies. Yes. All human origin. Like, they all yeah. had to be a human. Human first. First. <gasps> oh, my gosh. But cryptids generally are... Animal kingdom. Animals. We do occasionally have some, like, human Humanoid? Humanoid is the word I was yes. looking for. Esque, but they're not... They're not but pure no, human. The, the major... The major ones, the major, like, movie flick monsters all stem from, from a human, human origin. I had never thought That's of it before. fascinating. But, like, so... I mean, I think that also, like, not to get too deep into the... <laughs> theory of horror uh, but i do think that that is probably on purpose i think that yeah the whole reason people get into the genre of horror in the first place is to examine some of the darkest parts of humanity yeah so it does make sense that we would see that represented through human monsters Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah but it's almost like in my understanding for for werewolf floors like it cannot be controlled Right. They don't have they don't have a choice about what they do when they are. Which for me one of the interesting things about this research is that so many of the early stories were actually 
not that. That it was like people would take salves or potions or put on pelts in order to change into a wolf. Yeah. And so it was actually kind of the opposite in that like today we see of it we see it more as like an affliction. But in these earliest stories, it was people choosing to do that. Right. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that too. Because it's it's depicted now as like that they can't control themselves when they are in their Right. werewolf form like that they're vicious they they, they don't recognize that you become a werewolf through getting bitten by so another it's one like thrust upon you yeah and you didn't choose that life but that you would kill loved ones or friends because you are no longer you because you can't yeah you just you, you're no longer yourself so that's i wonder when that the change kind of like what caused it because you're right yeah. it does seem to have this like that people could obtain this this power the norse story i think is interesting because it kind of touches on both of those things because it touches upon the father and son choosing this life, but then the father stopping when he almost kills his son because yeah. he cannot control his himself and his own right. stuff in that life. So that's also, yeah, super interesting. Hmm. I, so I, I know we kind of started it with this and we kind of moved away from it. Do you believe in werewolves? I don't know. I I so I don't, I don't know if I believe in werewolves as depicted as we know them today. I also don't know if I believe in werewolves in the like you shoot the wolf and then suddenly it turns back into a human body. Like I don't know if I believe in that. But I will say we have done enough stories about things like skinwalkers mm. and other types of entities. And I've seen some like weird things with animals that I I could be convinced that there is some sort of wolf-like creature that we don't fully understand and that is not really well known. Yeah. Or something like that. No, and I and I would agree. And I, I would think that... Oh, so I was maybe thinking of Dwight. Yes! Oh I, my God, I was thinking about I Dwight I killed too. a werewolf once, but by the time I got to it, it had turned back into my neighbor's dog. Yes! I thought about that too. <laughs> so, but but with that said, like, you mentioned, yeah, skinwalkers and, and things that go bump, bump in the in woods the in yeah. the night and... And we, I mean, we talk about the power of the, the full moon. The well, the full moon well, over oh, yeah. over us anyway. Like just in general, that if we're saying it has that power over us, it probably has power over animals too. So if wolves go crazy around that time, yeah, I mean they're already more animalistic or, than most, or evil spirit, or yeah. if, if something that's not of this world takes physical form in this world. I kind of believe that it is like it's bound to some of the physical ebbs and flows of this yes. world. Oh, totally. I 100% agree. I think I've probably said this before on this podcast, but like I am a huge moon person. I don't know if I've said this before actually, but I am obsessed with like the phases of the moon and how it affects people and how it affects like your own life. And I very much try to practice the idea of like during different phases, you can like set intentions for yourself and that you can then like 
work on those things about yourself during these other phases when it's easier for you to work on that. And then there's like a phase for like new beginnings and like, like getting rid of things that didn't work. And like, Mm -hmm. I very much do that type of work. Like I am not alone. There's plenty of books out there about it. Um, We're also both women and women have a bodily connection to the moon and tides because it quite literally (laughs) affects us internally and our cycles. And so I, I feel like I, there's no doubt in my mind that the moon can have an effect on people. So to me, it, it doesn't seem that far-fetched to take it that one step further, further of then taking it onto that, like, okay, it affects us on a natural level. Does it affect us on a supernatural level? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And to bring it kind of back to the specific legend that came out of Luxembourg, right. this young man, it, at first it was giving, like, Beauty and the Beast vibes. Like, he was a selfish, <laughs> selfish. and conceited prince, and the but witch put a curse. Bell. But he did not need Bell. He needed uh, a girl with books. No. A girl with books could solve everything. <laughs> it's true. That's how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> but he went off, witnessed the horrors of the horrors world of war. of war. And something changed in him. And so when he came back, I there are some interesting elements in here that he was provoked by the presence of a cross, which right. speaks Which also oh. I think demonic a little bit yeah it it like indicates that maybe he had already turned away from purity before he got back there maybe. i think there's like some implications that like some of the horror he saw maybe made him already averse to being saved mm-hmm. perhaps maybe but the fact that when he came back you know, in, in just presented basically in this wolf-like state yeah. which like, I mean, I, wolf is is an imagery as well, is also very yes. powerful, too, because it's like, they were, like, they're apex predators. Like, they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're they top. Intimidating, scary. Nothing hunts a wolf. Yeah. Like, except for man. So it's just, right. it's an interesting. So we're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Not so smart. But <laughs> just the, dumb, dumb. the dichotomy of that, of, of a wolf is, is truly an apex predator. And yeah. it, it, it doesn't, it's like, it will seek out and is unrelenting. It, the whole idea of werewolf not being in a pack is interesting too. Like it's like a lone wolf right. thing, which is like lone wolves are even more dangerous. Yeah. So I think, I think what you're saying though is super interesting in that like the image he presented was wolf-like in this state of terror and being horrified by not only what he saw, but then maybe returning to what he thought was going to be the life before and his parents are gone Mm -hmm. and all of that, that he literally then presented wolf-like. And I think that that ties into why we have a clinical diagnosis today that is called lycanthropy and mm-hmm. it is very rare, but it is associated with diseases like schizophrenia and all of those sorts of things where there is often a tie between like a misunderstanding of mental health and somebody believing it to be supernatural. Yeah. We talk about, we talked about that when you talk about exorcisms, we talk about people acting in certain ways that may have actually been brought on from schizophrenia or Mm -hmm. mental health and so i think there is again that tie between like them appearing other in Mm -hmm. some way and and 
a non-understanding of mental health that that tie the two together in history and in mm. these myths and legends. Well, I think that could probably bring us to our verdict. Yeah. Honest. Oh, wait, wait, before we do our verdict, are we doing a verdict on the Bettenberg wolf or on werewolves? Probably werewolves. Or both. You want to do both? Sure. All right. Luxembourg. Honestly, Honestly not, not haunted. haunted. Yeah. I need more. I need more. It doesn't have dates. I think it's probably more of a like cautionary tale of mm-hmm. like this guy was selfish and he came back and his whole life was ruined and so like this was and a he rebuked of, he rebuked yes. religion and was a wild man until he was ultimately killed. So yes. that's what you get. So this is more cautionary. Maybe I think if somebody from Luxembourg was like, hey, no, that's like a hardcore urban legend, we would be swayed. Yes, absolutely. So if you have experience with that, like, tell us more, because there wasn't a whole lot of English information out there about it. Yeah, we're discovering that's been kind of a tricky thing as we've gone through EU. Some of these, like, local, like, written by local right. uh, travel sites or... It's been fun. Because super it's been, interesting. It's been super interesting to, like, go into some of these places we might not have before, but it's also difficult. So to find. tell us if you know more. Yes, but then as far as werewolves. Honestly, haunted. haunted. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> struggle with this one. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel... There are so, just going through the research for this episode, there are so many explanations about what it could be scientifically. Like, yeah. it could be this, and the only reason I'm saying haunted is because not one of them fits perfectly across that's, the board. That's where I'm coming from, too. That's where I landed, because I do genuinely believe, there's such a concentration of French um werewolf stories during like the 16th and 17th centuries and i absolutely buy into the ergotism um story for that because like it's like a concentrated area it's an area that was like a huge producer of rye which Mm. was a specific carrier of that but not all of the stories were french right Right. so like so i may propone if we were just talking about that i think i would be like yeah actually i do believe the ergotism story i think yeah fits in a lot of ways it makes a lot of sense um but There are too many outliers, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what gets me. Although, I will say, like, the ergotism thing is also just fascinating to me, and I think it could have also been, like, a Salem witch trial thing. The crossover there is interesting to think about. It's so interesting, and it's so interesting that Europe treated werewolves the same way they treated witches during Mm -hmm. witch hunts. Because I think it goes back to the the first what you mentioned about how becoming a werewolf was a choice thing, yes right being it a was witch like they signed on to, to it. do it yeah and they just like witches witches w- yeah. would sign up for it so it's it seems like a little bit more hand in hand mm-hmm, to that too and and you know i bet you if we did some sort of gender correlation we would see werewolves being like the man version mm-hmm. and witches being the female version the more violent version of it is the werewolf and that's why it has this animal Mm -hmm. attachment Ooh, we can Eh. write a dissertation on this that's fascinating the gender of witches and werewolves (laughs) Ooh, let's do it okay (laughs) (laughs) that's really fascinating well we're gonna go make some homemade rye bread and eat it quickly and we'll be back next week well, it's only it only gets poison if you let it get stale, Aaron. I'm so scared. And bread does not go stale in my house. Like it is eaten. <laughs> so don't worry. But we're gonna go make some bread. And we'll be back next week with more honestly haunted. 
Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted.